right. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's it. That's I get one Merry Christmas back. That's messed up. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> We're so glad that you joined us today, and we have our families with us. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to take a look at Scripture just for a few minutes together this morning. Our Father, I thank you for this day. We thank you for, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for Jesus coming to come and rescue us, to show us our worth, to free us from sin and death. We thank you for this time together. We thank you that like, even in the, in the noise and the bustle of it all, that this, is, this means we're, we're with one another as you're with us. God, even that this morning, would that be a, a reminder to us of how you came to us to be with us, that you made us a family, God. I pray over the next few minutes that you would speak to our hearts and that we would be filled with joy on this Christmas day and that we would worship you and glorify you above all else. In Jesus' name, amen. Go tell it on the mountain. We sang a few minutes ago. Uh, that's traditionally a Christmas song. However, as maybe a few of you remember, several years ago, uh, we were actually not even in this building. We were meeting in a, in a school uh, cafeteria at the time, but we somehow ended up singing Go Tell It on the Mountain on Easter, right? And I remember like in the service, we're all just kind of like looking around like, what's going on? Do they not... Do they not know it's a, Christ, uh, a Christmas song? Or, anyways, the jokes have kind of gone on from then. It's probably been seven years or something like that, uh, and it, it's a memory that lives on. Well, this year we're going to take it back. Uh, we're, we're setting things right. We're not only singing the song on Christmas Day as we ought to, but we're going to take a closer look at why we sing this song at Christmas, where it comes from, what it means. We've been exploring a few uh, hymns of Christmas this Advent season, but this song is, is different from most of the other songs that we've covered. Most were written for the church to sing as part of their corporate worship service. They were written as hymns, but Go Tell It on the Mountain is different. It was not written as a hymn. In fact, it actually wasn't really written at all for quite some time. It, originally, it originated uh, from enslaved African Americans. It was what's known as a spiritual. And most spirituals weren't written down. They were, they were passed around by sharing in the song, right, sharing in the singing. And because they weren't written down, uh, there are different variations of many spirituals. They can, they can change a bit over time. They can be added to. They can be taken away from. They can sort of be molded to fit different people in different circumstances and their own struggles while continuing to identify with like a whole people who are enduring and suffering uh, the, the suffering of oppression together. So, go tell it on the mountain. You have your traditional uh, lyrics, your Christmas lyrics, right? Uh, talking about the angels confronting the shepherds with the good news of Jesus' birth. It's just explicitly Christmas. I don't know how we missed it. Uh, but also, there's variation, variations that sing not that line, Jesus Christ is born, but a variation that sings, Jesus Christ is Lord. And then listen to this. There's even a variation in a verse that says, if you cannot sing like angels, if you cannot pray like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus. You can say he died for all. And get this. People have changed the verse, used that, said Jesus is Lord, and used it on Easter 
before. That's a thing, which I thought was pretty interesting considering our own blunder. But it doesn't get us off the hook because we didn't mean to do it. This really is a Christmas song, though. Though along with uh, many other spirituals, Go Tell It on the Mountain was almost lost forever. However, uh, an African-American man by the name of John Wesley Work Jr., he lived from 1871 to 1925. He was a professor at Fisk University in Nashville, and he did the work of collecting and preserving old spirituals, uh, talking to those who had sang them, talking to those who were relatives of those who sang them, and then he put them together and he published them. And in his second edition of Religious Folk Songs of the Negro as sung on the plantations, which was released in 1909, in that uh, they're contained what we now know as Go Tell It on the Mountain. But it was under this name, a Christmas plantation song. Christmas plantation song. And it was written in a slave dialect. And here's... One of the stanzas of the original song, it went like this. When I was a seeker, I sought both day and night. I asked the Lord to help me, and he, showed, and he showed me the way. He made me a watchman upon the city wall, and if I am a Christian, I am the least of all. Now, I don't want to keep us long this morning. I know it's not easy to get through uh, without, with everybody kind of bustling and whatnot. But I do think that we should just pause for a moment as we talk about this song and just take that in. But this was a song that was sung by slaves. And it was sung in their dialect on plantations here in the south where we live. This is a song that was sung by people who suffered right here. Like it's not from Europe. It's not from some distant past. This is a song that originated by the not so distant relatives of African Americans today. And I know it's Christmas, and, and I know that we don't maybe want to talk about things like, like this. We don't want to get uncomfortable, but, but hear me. It's okay. We can talk about it, and we can even on Christmas feel a little bit awkward. In fact, it actually might help us recognize our great need for a Savior. Like, don't we need somebody who can bring peace on earth and unite people as family who really ought not be united as a family? Like, I think Christmas is most enjoyed by those who can recognize how badly they really do need a Savior. Only those people really know what today is all about. John Wesley Work Jr., who compiled these old spirituals, said this, he said, in the Negro's mind, his music was held and still holds positions of variable importance. In the darkness of bondage, it was his light, and in the morn of his freedom, it was his darkness. But as the day advances and he is being gradually lifted up into a higher life, it is becoming not only his proud heritage, but a support and a powerful inspiration. Like I said earlier, these, these spirituals, they had different variations. They changed over time. It was acceptable to add to them or, or mold them to fit different circumstances. But I think in the singing and in the tune, there is a heritage rooted in this song of people who endured through great suffering and oppression. And it's passed on. So while the words that we sing matter, maybe what matters just as much is remembering who sang them first, who it is we're singing them with, so to speak, and what truth they were pointing us to. What does singing this spiritual, go tell it on the mountain, with those slaves who wrote it in mind, point us to? 
Now, by and large, the song identifies with the shepherds and then the Christmas story. So I'm going to read this uh, from Luke 2, 8 through 20, this account with the shepherds. It says, "In, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. I love this part of the Christmas story for for a lot of reasons. Uh, but we, we didn't watch this part this morning, but I really love how the Jesus Storybook Bible tells the story about the angels uh, revealing the good news of Jesus' birth to the shepherds. It says this in there. It says, you see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were pretty important indeed because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. I like that because... Most people aren't looking to be like the shepherds. Like, we don't want to be nobodies. Nobody does. But who in the world gets the most joy out of becoming somebody than the one who thought that they were nobody at all? And I love the angel's message. This is good news for all people. There are no nobodies. Jesus came for all. God came to earth to be with all of us, each of us, every one of us of us and he came to bring peace on earth that means like lifting the oppressed and bringing down the oppressors it means bringing justice and making all things new and it means that no matter what happens to us here on earth in life and in death God is with us we are his and we always will be somebody to him he came to save us and this is good news of great joy especially for those who know they need saving I guarantee you that the shepherds in this story knew that they needed saving. At the very least, they knew once they had beheld the angels and were surrounded by the glory of God. Like You can't be in a circumstance like that and not realize your own desperate need for him and for his grace and for his mercy. And so the shepherds went as they were told to do. They saw, they were filled with wonder, and they went about spreading the news and praising and glorifying God. But nothing really changed immediately for them, did it? They returned. I mean, the news came. They actually saw Jesus. They believed he was the Savior who had come to deliver on God's promises. But we don't really know what became of them except for they returned telling others. Likely, they went back to shepherding. They were probably still the scruffy old riffraff to many others. They were still Jews living in the Roman Empire, and they certainly weren't well-to-do. So imagine being a slave on a southern plantation and singing this song. 
at Christmas. Imagine being counted as the lowest by society, oppressed and, and, and uh, st- stomped on by your society, but also finding joy enough to sing. Is it any wonder that they identified with shepherds in the Christmas story? Like those slaves who sang, go tell it on the mountain, heard the good news that the Savior didn't come just for the somebodies of the world, but for all, even those who were treated like nobodies. They must have known the good news that Jesus came to set the captives free, to bring justice, to bring peace, to lift up the nobodies and to bring down the somebodies and to demonstrate his great love for each and every person. They must have understood that Jesus came to set captives free and not just in spirit but in body also. That in his making all things new, deliverance would come. And while they waited, they had already received a Savior who loved and cared for them deeply, who heard their cries, who counted them as somebody worth dying for. Only those who know their great need for Jesus experience the great joy of Christmas Day. And so when we celebrate that Christ came and revealed uh, his great love for each and every one of us, if we know this great need that we have for him, we, we experience this great joy. Maybe our circumstances don't change immediately, like the shepherds, Maybe like those African-American slaves who were part of the family of God. But at Christmas, we remember that no matter what may come today or tomorrow or the next day, Jesus came to save us. And this is good news of great joy for all those who know they need a Savior and who will turn to him. He came. He's here. God is with us. No matter what we have, where we stand in society, what struggles we might endure. He is with us always and forever, in life and in death and into eternity. We are His, and He is making all things new. So this morning in our worship, may we sing this song and just let the joy of this, His coming out for us fill our hearts with gladness. May we uh, be unable to contain it, and may we also join in going to tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. We're going to do a few things together over the next few minutes. Uh, I'm going to, in a moment, I'll take the candles on each side of this table and I'll light them from the Christ candle here in the, minute, in the, in the middle. And then we're going to take communion together. If you're a follower of Christ, we want to invite you to join us in this as we remember Jesus together and proclaim the good news of Jesus to one another through the taking of the bread and the wine or the juice, reminding reminding us of his body that was given for us and his blood that was shed for us. And as you come, we also want you then to take a candle. You'll be able to get them on each side. There's some flashlights. There's also flashlights in the bags. If you prefer your children to have a flashlight rather than fire, then that's, that's an option. Right, And as you come, we want you to take a candle and light it. And as we light them, we fill the room with them, right? It's just a symbol of how his light is meant to shine through each one of us and through us all together as we were filled with joy. And we go and we tell it, and another is filled with joy as they come to know Christ, and so on and so forth until the good news is known everywhere by everyone. I'm going to ask you to join me in reading our confession and assurance of pardoning grace. If you want to stand with me, we can do this together. You can read responsibly with me, reading the lines that are marked in bold on the screen. 
Our Savior has come to declare good news for all people. He has come to be a light and freedom. He has made all things new. This is your assurance of pardon and grace. Jesus has made all things new. And in the midst of darkness and bondage, let's proclaim the good news of Jesus. Jesus.